Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, These are some of our favorite segments from this week. All edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the weekly zeitgeist. Miles, enough beating around. We, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a Seriously. hilarious day. Enough with the shit yeah, about with you being an impending shit. father or yeah. whatever. You've seen some art. We got a we got a heater today. Yeah. Hilarious stand-up comedian, comedy yes. writer, actor, fashion icon. Yeah. Whose shirts are available at Guarantee Shirts. Yeah. One of our all-time favorite TDZ guests. One of y'all's favorite TDZ guests. The brilliant, the raw, the major, Caitlin Gilf! Caitlin Gilf! This is me hugging the Zyking. I hope you can all feel it. Everybody just got a consensual <laughs> hug. Only those who want one if you're not into that or being We're touched, huggers. Most of us I are do. huggers. You're yeah. fine. Most one... of you are probably... I, I feel like it's a huggy crowd. Yeah. Also, I, I knew, Miles, that you had excellent handwriting. I knew yeah. it. I felt it in my bones that your handwriting was cultivated and exquisite. Yeah, I am thank you. hear that you know, that was correct. It's... Hi, what wonderful praise. It is a pleasure, as always, to join you. In your uh, lovely third seat. Thank you. It's, oh, it's wonderful so to have you here. What's oh, your handwriting so looking like? Fast. It is hurried. My handwriting <laughs> looks like I am thinking about the next sentence already and would like to get it on the page, please. Do you have, yes. like, hi- do you have like hybrid cursive <laughs> printing handwriting? Because you know how people, like when I hear people who write fast, I always envision like that hybrid cursive while also yes. printing. Is that you? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, a lot of letters I've just trained to run together in something yeah. like normal. They're not the shape of a cursive letter, but I'm not lifting a pencil. <laughs> Who's got the time? Right, right, yeah. right. I'm you busy. Got you got to. I will show you a to-do list that has my handwriting on it. Yeah. And... I was just taking notes about what a guest needs to know on this stained book. And I feel like even backwards, yeah. you know that that's exactly what it would look like yeah mm-hmm. i will have like you know this is, 
This is a to-do list that I discovered while cleaning out my closet from over, I think, probably two years ago. I've accomplished half of the things on this uh, to-do <laughs> list. Not bad. Not I'm not Put it down. Well, you didn't specify. What if yeah. the goals when were like climb multiple mountains? But okay. one of the one of the items on the to-do list is just Havana syndrome. <laughs> Get to a bottom <laughs> of just yeah. How high on the list is that? Can I ask it's, how how long have you been writing a list before you were like, you know what, I got to get on here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's ten the years. tenth item, Havana oh. syndrome. Just <laughs> n- enough said, future self. You know what this means. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! Oh man, it's like shitty memento. It's like what what Havana syndrome? Yeah, man. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Solve the JFK assassination. Havana yeah. syndrome. What else you got in there? Climate change. Area fifty one. <laughs> Climate. One change. of my favorite jokes in the world. Sean Keen wrote himself so he would remember it because he knew he was not in a state to remember it when it occurred to him at the time. And it is a list of soy cheese names that make me laugh, like. Uh, like a child, like I hear that I've heard that I request that joke anytime I can make Sean Keen do it for me. And if, when next time you talk to comedian Sean Keen I, or listen to him, I highly All encourage right. that you uh, shout out soy soy cheeses. I will just cite my favorite Monterey John. I swear <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard. Monterey John. I love that. <laughs> ah, but that was in a note he left himself and discovered uh, the meaning of which I'm so thankful he retained. Can you yeah. imagine just opening your phone to see the phrase Monterey John and having no no frame of reference? What were yeah. you thinking? Why has this been written? What past self decided that that was a necessary note? I remain ever thankful that Sean held on to just enough shreds of that memory to put together <laughs> one of my favorite pieces of stand-up material of all time. It also relies on a knowledge that Jack is a nickname for John, which... The majority of the United States does not have. I will. I will have you know, as somebody who is a born John who goes by Jack, most people. Oh uh, yes. Like, Why the hell do you do that? That's strange. You can. Yeah. I'm a Catherine derivative. I can go so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Kathy, yeah. Katie. That's right. And whatever I cat. Yeah. I just can't stop starting with cats, but all the Kate ones are allowed too. Yeah. Somehow yeah. I feel like Courtney sneaks in. I could just do it if I wanted. Why not? Yeah. yeah. If you're feeling sassy. I'm, bad. Yeah, I'm Courtney right. now. <laughs> <laughs> and Miles, you just have a cool name. So you're you're like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, Miles, I would uh, I told I think name. I've said it before. I always wanted to be DJ in the nineties. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we, why am I DJ? No. That felt like the sickest name. I'm ju- and I remember I was like, yo, this name is fucking DJ. bullshit. Why can't that like be DJ, DJ? Tanner? Yeah. Hell There's yeah. other kid. This this, this that dude is in my such school. a nineties thing. Oh yeah, this one kid, DJ, was like the coolest kid, like in my grade. Yeah, like at the course, time, yeah. they're like, oh, she's surfing and shit. Like he's like, you know, he's like a good surfer when we were like 10. You know oh. what I mean? So he was uh. killing it. Now he's like a like a storied lifeguard in Oahu. Like he he never strayed from his like beach path as a human being. <laughs> Now he's, he's like, like, this is what I'm good at. Once a DJ, yeah. always a DJ. That's a game you have to swing in too hard. Yeah, You're not, exactly. You can't back down from your choices as a DJ. Exactly. Yeah. In a way, I'm glad I did not I did not pursue that name switch, and I stayed with Miles, oh, and that man. led me towards the, that kept me on my musical path. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very, well, DJ could have kept you on a very different musical path. It would have been path. too on the nose, I feel like. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and here's DJ DJ. 
Like, nah, come on. <laughs> so I, 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 something I, I've been I, thinking I, about. I personally love it, but that's not a great indicator of its quality. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. Success. That's... Trolly DJ names now are like the best. Like, there's a guy yes. named Trilbo Swaggins who yeah. I've seen on Bills in like the LA. Rules. DJ Yambayobi is another one I love. <laughs> like, those are just funny. Like, I would lean into that. But yeah, as a kid, yeah. like, I remember I was DJing under the name Prime. Yeah. With a one. Yeah, oh, with yeah. a one for the eye. Okay. No That's, fucking around. That was also this, my MC name. On this side. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Truly. The early 90s. I have a long thing I want to talk about that we don't have time for about the name Michael in the late 80s, early 90s and why it was having such a run. I don't have any answers. It was a thing. It was. So when I was in college, we had to have multiple mics. There was moccasin mic, second floor mic. There was tall mic. There was short mic. We had to delineate the mics. They right. all got a prefix handle. And also Christmas the three mic. most famous humans in America were all named Mike. And then the Ninja mm. Turtles came along and the coolest Ninja Turtle was Michelangelo. Yeah. It's yeah. why. And then since then, no, like not a lot of cool mics. We've got Mike Pence. This is a stand-up bit I'm working out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> go off, King. All right. Uh, <laughs> What's fun about that is you're guaranteed to have a mic in every audience. So yeah, yeah. get ready. Have put, right. put plenty in your pocket for that. Just, hey. Yeah. hey, I'm hey. a cool yeah. mic. You get on stage. Hey, so where's Mike at? If yeah. your name's Mike, raise your hand right now. All right, Mike. The fuck out of here. <laughs> what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, I was just looking at my history from yesterday. We had um, caper vinaigrette, which I was trying to figure out how to make uh, for dinner. <laughs> and then, uh, and also racist Dutch theme park. I was Uh-oh. doing uh, my friend's podcast, and there's a theme park in the Netherlands called Efteling that recently, after a long battle, changed uh, some very racist rides that they had. Uh, so I needed to, to bone up on that. So theme park, uh, international theme park uh, <laughs> controversy. Wow. Whoa. There's, there's a couple of theme parks dealing with some racist controversy that they're having to undo. Yeah. The, are, the, are the Dutch like crying over the fact that they had to change their theme park like they do at Disney yeah, World? Or? They were really holding on to it. And this stuff was way more outwardly racist than anything uh, that that was oh no <laughs> and so like oh they, monsieur cannibal okay yeah you found it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Shit. this is fucking violence oh my it's god crazy. and it only changed like very recently yeah and uh i mean it's a whole it's a whole different culture they have over there i suppose but they also had like a very racist ripoff of it's a small world with scenes of like africa and asia i mean just like crazy stuff that this uh, still existed but and, and they changed that but they kept uh, monsieur cannibal <laughs> they were holding on to that one they finally changed that one but i wanted to make sure i had my facts right so yeah that's Holy what i was looking up uh, yesterday yeah monsieur cannibal for people who don't even if you're not googling basically it's like a teacup ride where all these like pots over fire are rotating around a central like racist figure of what i'm believing is to be some kind of african person who is going to eat the people it's the most shockingly offensive thing uh, that you've ever seen. That yeah. Anyone's ever seen. I'm surprised uh, that the photo of it is in color. Like, that's how racist it is. I'm like, right. wait, this is before color cameras, right? 
Yeah, and the and their excuse was like, well, you got to understand, this ride was made like 30 years ago. It's like, 30 years ago? This was not okay 30 years ago. In the uh-huh. 80s? Yeah. <laughs> we made this back in the late 80s, so I you mean, have to understand. This came out right after Soul Man was released in theater, so we right, this, this can't be too offensive. Yeah, <laughs> right. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I wonder, did, was the ice cream cone always there? Because he is eating an ice cream cone, which that, seems... Yeah. Are you saying yeah. that makes it okay? No, but I, that, I'm wondering if they tried to make it okay by right. being like, he's not just eating people, he also likes but ice that, cream. That's not like African, like ice cream, not necessarily doesn't mean he's an African because he likes that. It feels like police reform where it's like, let's change this one thing. And everyone's right. like, that's not the fucking problem. Right. And you're like, I don't know. Yeah, the problem is that he wasn't eating ice cream. They yeah. had, had the ice cream. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Vince? I think uh, canceling plans is overrated. I don't know at what point like it became a thing to brag about how much you enjoy canceling plans mm. online. But I don't know. I personally hate when people do that. And I don't think it's that cool. And I think you should... Uh, it's more fun to meet up with people. Yeah. I think. It's it's cooler to just say no off rip. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Don't cancel them. Say you want to nah. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> then the person knows how much food to get. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no, that's that's poor form. You know what I mean? If if there's a head count and you gotta provide or whatever, and then people suddenly like thirty percent of the guest list like, you know what, actually, nah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll everybody has that one way. friend who doesn't like to disappoint people so there there maybe is like an automatic no and their and their yes is actually you translate it back to a maybe in your mind yeah right they're like right. look jono's gonna say yes but it's a no i know him two days out he's gonna be like hey actually i'm like i already know i already know I never <laughs> sorry we we didn't even buy enough bro, food for you man it's good bro, i've known you since i've known you since preschool man i know what i know what yes means i got some anybody. frozen pot stickers in case you decide to show up that's gonna be yeah. your food <laughs> it's a very good point it's it's a thing that i think it's been an underrated on our show and i've vehemently agreed with that because i do have social anxiety and sometimes it feels like a lot to show up to a thing but usually when i show up to a thing in after the fact i'm glad i did like right but i think more than i think more the thing that we liked about the canceling plans thing was just was more so saying no to offers of plans because i feel like that was the big pandemic shift for me was you say yes to everything pre-pandemic and then i was like nah like being able to like have my own boundaries is actually really important to me so then on the other side of it i'm like yeah you know what actually i don't think i'll be able to make it where i used to be like I might, you know what, let me Mm -hmm. check. Let me look. Now I'm just like, nah, that ain't going to work. Maybe (laughs) next time. I did have a friend who was like an aggressive, aggressive invite turner downer where he would not only say no, but like reply to the group email with all the reasons that he would not be doing that. (laughs) And you know what? Had to respect it. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's brilliant. Were were the reasons like you guys aren't my favorite conversationalists? I mean, it was usually (laughs) no, it was not like it was not like the banshees of Inisher, and it was usually more (laughs) like he didn't want to drive more than ten minutes, and it would be like, oh, sorry, I didn't bring my uh, my East Bay passport because I will not be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, what is something you think is underrated? Oh, uh, specificity of the English language. See above. The word calendrical. 
When is Glenn that is pretty good, actually. Yeah, it I is like pretty it. good. I like the specificity of it to the earlier statement about the the German language just cramming a bunch of shit together mm-hmm. and yeah. saying, you know, that's that's just the thing. I think we wrote about this uh, like back at Cracked, like just the wildest words that exist in foreign languages. And I think one of them, I think it was in German and it might have been in Russian, was like a child, like giving birth while standing in an alleyway like out of shame there's a word for that yeah there's a word for that like just like (laughs) the process of like not even laying down to give birth because you don't want anyone to notice how come no one fenestrates how come falling out a window is defenestration yeah yeah it's always there for for when it happens you know I just think it's I, I I think it's fun. I feel like uh I get Also some, do not uh, do not google German uh giving birth in an alleyway by standing up. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Like, that's not a way yeah, to figure out. No, that's word. a good note. That's a yeah, good note. I, I keep my safe search on because I I, I google some weird shit. So. Yeah, you it's just between you and the NSA, Jack. That's right. <laughs> so they're like, we got uh, he's he's completely off the scent of the JFK assassination. We got him all looking up German words and we just we see it into his brain through these other podcasts. We're good. <laughs> they they have their own doomsday clock for how close I am to the truth about the JFK. He's fucking five seconds, boys. Yeah. Oh, and there's a specific word for it. It's like uh Jack Chronologicalendericist. Yeah, you know? thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right, let's take a quick break. Wait, I, but wait, oh, but just to that point, though, I'm sorry, because, Jack, you talk about a feature of the German language, which I think does have this specificity. And I don't know, I feel like we don't have a lot of specificity in the English language. Like, we we use a lot of words from other languages sometimes mm-hmm. to, like, encapsulate something. But mm-hmm. we don't have, like, these kind of, like, when we do, it's like mashup shit. You know what I mean? Or, like, yeah, for sure. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? No, the English language, I feel like, is... We have we have to use a lot of different words to get at a concept a lot of the time. The English language is a bunch of people freestyling for fucking <laughs> yeah. thousands of years and yeah. just going with stuff, you right. know, like so someone was like, I, like, imagine how weird it is. You know, you're learning English. Sometimes you're close to something. Sometimes something's about to close. That's fucking confusing. And no one's going to fix it. Right, We're yeah. all just sort of vibing off that right yeah. anyway i love it i feel like i'm still learning this language that is one of the things that comes up constantly when you have a kid the calendar less so uh, in my experience <laughs> thus far. but the spelling and how completely fucking arbitrary it is especially right. because like my kids are also learning spanish and so mm. spanish just follows rules so it's yeah. just like oh yeah that's how you spell that and then english is yeah, it just like, seems to, I like, before E except you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> right. like, they seem to get distracted like halfway through words sometimes. Okay, it's, okay. It's look, a gonna, real fucking mess. I'm going to level with you. English is a colonizer language where we steal a bunch of other words from other people. That's why the spelling is all over the place. Right. Like shampoo is like an, like from the Indian, like an Anglo-Indian, like a Hindi word. You know what I mean? Boondocks like, so, is from the Philippines. Yeah, you know? like there's so many things where it's like, what does that mean? It's like, look, we kind of, once we got our boats up and running, we just started jacking other people's words and ideas. Yeah. Mm. Didn't, didn't have our best people on it. I do wonder, <laughs> like, do other languages, like, is there some sort of, like, centralized body that is like, France. no, that's fucking stupid. Like Another we, colonizer. France has a national body to just keep their shit buttoned up on language on the language front oh interesting true story 
Well, I don't know if it's interesting. I don't speak not, French. I just yeah, walk around Paris, you know, doing like a slight <laughs> overbite, you know, like, mm, you know, <laughs> like I, I look like I say my O's right, you know? Right, right, right. right, right. There you go. Bon, bon, bon. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And okay, it wasn't everyone, but it was the New York <laughs> Times. The New York Times got this wrong as fuck. A lot sort of, of like the LA places. Times. All like these mainstream media sources that love that people just immediately trust. And I are mean, like, have you seen their Trump coverage? Yeah. 
They're liberal, okay? Yes, granted, they're liberal. It's like, no, they're not. (laughs) They are right of center. Anyways, so the shoplifting epidemic that was sweeping the nation, one of the big people crying foul and and actually crying wolf was Walgreens. Like I, I remember this being a big story like before any of them kicked it off was Walgreens was like, can barely keep the dang doors open in San Francisco because what is shoplifting? It's just yes. it's just the Wild West. It's tearing and this family apart. It's, yeah. And it's like what everybody thought. They're like, so what's it like in California? Like, you just don't have to pay for stuff? You just walk in and smash and grab everything mm-hmm. you want from a Walgreens? Is that how California is now? I mean, uh-huh. as a shoplifter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I must you could do that everywhere, though. It's not just California. Yeah. Live free. Yeah. Live free, uh, sovereign consumer, as I call them. Uh, but yeah, there was this whole thing of like, it, it's destroying the economy in San Francisco. And like, they have to close five stores because of a lack of <laughs> law and order. And this guy, the CFO, got on this call and he basically said they, quote, cried too much last year about the supposed problem and they've and as a result they've overspent on security to try and stop the non-existent bleed and in fact when you look at the numbers they said things got better this last year for the company in terms of losses they said the as they call it the rate of shrink which is like loss due to theft fraud damages misscanned items etc fell from three and a half percent to around two and a half percent which is not good by industry standards as i've read but we knew this And we were saying this along with many others that don't rely on the words of police and the C-suite of companies to shape their worldview. Like, and the (laughs) thing that pisses me off is that the data was there. Like, there was a San Francisco Chronicle article that was like, I mean, in other earnings calls, they talked about how just the cost of doing business in San Francisco is really fucking difficult because of the real estate costs. And they expanded too quickly. And they're kind of like, ugh. And that also helped like make the decision that they were going to close some locations down. So on top of it all, like, again, all of this was like there for most people to see and just say, I don't, I don't know if it's quite rising to this, but we were just fed this steady stream of like videos of like people like shoplifting at pharmacies. And you're like, Oh no, what's going on. And now like the places like CNN and the New York times are writing articles that are critical of Walgreens. And like, oh my God, crunching the numbers in their reporting to show you the people to us. that they were lying this whole time. Like, what the Damn fuck? Street. I've been to those Walgreens. Do you know how hard it is to shoplift gum from there? It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> they have like cameras. They have like metal detectors. They've got security guards everywhere. And then they have the mirrors all over the place. Right. The, um, also, the shrinkage, like they they use this term that's like lost from theft. That or like I I feel like they were oh, I thought always, it was from George Costanza. Yeah, I thought it was from <laughs> Cold Water, but I think the like they're always lumping it in with something else that is less sexy, but it is actually the thing that is causing them to lose more money. Like I remember there was a Walmart story about this where they were like blaming theft for a huge loss of like inventory but then people actually looked in and it's like more more likely you're just bad at tracking your inventory and also you're trying to replace clerks with all of these automated yes. self-checkouts mm-hmm. and people are inadvertently not paying for things or just like conveniently forgetting to scan something yes for me it's inadvertent and convenient <laughs> and they're not 
you know, they, they just don't want to admit that because they just, it's a, it's a cost saving thing that they knew was going to be a problem go, coming into it. But because the media, because these mainstream media outlets were so gullible and so just willing to, you know, be credulous that like, yes, theft is out of control. The pores are coming and they've, they're breaking down the doors and stealing all our stuff. You oh, know. the poor little billionaires. They have yeah. to worry about the great big pores. <laughs> it's the same reason that they love that, like those doorbuster sales where everyone's like, you know, pushing each other out of the way to get the <laughs> flat screen TVs. It's like, look at these like poor consumers. It's they, you know, they, they love a they love a zombie movie. The the local news, the mainstream media, they love to make it seem like the poor people are out of control and we're hungry masses know. coming in tsunami waves with our claspers ready for your <laughs> common candy. They take your detergent and Tide Pods and other things. <laughs> ah. But yeah, it's it's just all self-created. It's just it's, the thing that really fucking takes my like my like blows my mind is that like they actually quoted Alec Karakatsanis in the New York Times. Like he's been going <laughs> fucking head to head on Twitter. Like every time they post <laughs> one of these dumb crime wave pieces and now they want to fucking hit him up for yeah. a quote about the media's lack of like uh attention on this or just like kind of going you know really casually along with the narratives that were being put out by these companies and the police like come on he's surgically disassembled every one of these articles that you have like published like in real time you publish it a, an hour later he has explained like what okay so this quote is from a cop this quote is from the better business bureau in your city like this quote is just pulled from a Walgreens earnings call where it was like conveniently lumped in with this other thing that you were losing money on. And just like he told you in real time that this was bullshit. And now all of a sudden you're, I mean, I'm glad they're coming around to the reality of their fucked up reporting, but I'm, I'm sure that's, that's not how they're going to, you know, portray it or even like perceive it. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah, again, I mean, this is all again, like you're t saying, all of the policy or political points that were scored with getting the media lockstep with this narrative was basically to push back against a lot of the progressive DAs like Chase mm. Boudin in San Francisco was ran out on a rail because of precisely this narrative of like, and there's no fucking nothing in San Francisco. Get him out. But you look at the primaries and what happened in November, a lot more progressive DAs got elected. Right. Oh, so it's like this, you know, it, you just you can kind of you, you it's always, you know, it's it's when these these stories come out, you're like, oh, of course, y'all, everyone, you're all working together because it's the yeah. same aim. Yeah, this is like a real law and order episode now. Right. We yeah. need like the. Doo -doo. Yeah, like in the in March, May of 2021, uh, California Today, New York Times, San Francisco shoplifting surge. They got a picture of Walgreens. Walgreens has closed stores in San Francisco, San Francisco, because of oh shoplifting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is your fucking sub like headline on like the front image? Like, and now you're like, wow, what happened? Man, shut the, get the fuck out of here. And that's also your best picture. If like hordes of shoplifters are invading Walgreens, your best picture is just like a closed store. Yeah, just yeah. the exterior of one. And so <laughs> yeah. where, where are all the poor zombies? Right. Yeah, it's just really <laughs> anyway. So 
well done, the New York Times and CNN and others that breathlessly just paraded this on. And then now you're like, ooh, that guy was just talking bullshit, how it turns out. Yeah, you fell for it. They only caught the like five times I've done it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, nobody checks anymore. I wonder if if it was a bad strategy for them to... I mean, I don't know what their other option was, but their strategy really seemed to be like California is a socialist failed state that has, you know, the socialist DAs have lost the city. And so everybody elsewhere in the country is like, man, California is really like gone to shit. And, you know, we're we're fine here, it turns out. And oh, not not my progressive DA. Like, because everybody seems to be voting progressive when it comes to... Yeah, they're not everybody, but at least the people who vote. So they love doing that with California, period, right? Like we have wildfires and they're like, it's because of all the gays rubbing claspers. That's California. (laughs) They're terrible and it's God's hand. Yeah. I mean it is like, no, actually our money's all being funneled into the Midwest, and that's why we have no infrastructure. (laughs) I mean, yeah, look at where I I think what it like you're saying, it helps to have this like boogeyman to point to to like yes. you know i always use the metaphor of the m night Shyamalan movie the village to be like you don't want to go out there yeah it's all fucking weird and spooky like you'd never you couldn't even fucking fathom yeah but then oh my god don't the tell outside. me the ending miles don't tell me i didn't the tell ending. you the ending i didn't tell you the ending all right i didn't tell you the ending. Yeah. but a plane flies overhead and that kind of <laughs> fucked it all up anyway <laughs> all that to say you know, we're, we we help fulfill that sort of myth for a lot of the conservative myth makers who want to, you know, do everything they can to be like, no, progress is so fucked up and bad, like it leads to Walgreens yeah. closing because they actually aggressively expanded and relied on not paying like proper wages and automation. Did I get that right? Hmm. But truly, it is bad out here. So don't move out here. Don't, <laughs> don't move to Los Angeles, especially. Stay where you're at. Traffic's fucking horrible. No, that's, that's real. It got yeah, worse. No, I know. That's why I'm telling them to fuck off. It got, it got worse. And this this is the worst it's ever been. I feel yeah. like traffic. So, I don't know like, what the fuck is happening. Since we got back from the holiday, yeah. it's it's bad. I've tried to go to that uh, fucking Griffith Park Observatory like three times, and every time it's like a fucking it's like Space Mountain. You There's might like as a well, three hour line. Yeah, to, you'd have to like park like, by the studio in Hollywood so to yeah, like, exactly. even get close to walking up the hill. That's why you got to come to Modesto. Nobody goes anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I'm it's open. so dumb that, to like keep going to the same place that is the you know just as beautiful as like twenty other things. All I need to do, <laughs> I ended up just finding a bunch of other better parks. In Los oh, Angeles. take take them up to the Mount Wilson Observatory, man. Hey, so anyways, fuck you, Griffith Park Observatory. I don't need you, <laughs> anyways. I mean, just skipping down to somebody who is has actually gone on the record in court being like, I am a uh, professional wrestling character that, you know, Alex Jones. Our writer JM was pointing out, he was doing some research, watching the thing, and noticed that, like, one of the logos was HAL 9000, like, in a way, but it was, like, kind of sweaty. It didn't make sense as a, as a reference. And so he looked into it, and Alex Jones apparently is weirdly obsessed with Stanley Kubrick and making the case that Stanley Kubrick is like a right-wing prophet. A few years ago, they published an editorial about how the world of A Clockwork Orange bears an uncomfortable resemblance to our own. The film is too bold, too brash, too brazen in its honest yet stylized depiction of the foibles and failures of humanity and our society, and too unflinching in its artistic honesty and, and insight for, like, our 
soft modern world, which is funny. First of all, it's funny to like take the entire point of a dystopian sci-fi movie, which is to like show you a world that seems different. But then the more you watch, you're like, ah, but I see the similarities and, you know, and just like say it in a tone that makes it sound like it's a conspiracy that they've done this, like that it's a secret message that they're sending you. Reminds me of like the Da Vinci Code where they like took (laughs) symbolism in art and like reduced it to the level of like a crossword puzzle where you're like, when you look at her hand, she's actually pointing at a word jumble that's written over here in Invisible Ink that you have to solve to, to find out the clue. But also it's just ignoring... I don't know. They act like it's too woke for our world. And it's a movie that was incredibly (laughs) controversial when it came out in the 70s. Like it sparked massive protests and like Stanley Kubrick banned it in the UK, like decided not to distribute it. But yeah, (laughs) it's just wild to again, like the weird confirmation bias set to nine million or whatever. It's just like. Like every like, yeah, oh, I can see it now. But again, you, it's always having to be, you know, bending towards whatever you need it to to, me, to mean. And in this case, I just love it. it's like, oh, exactly. He 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 foretold all of these issues, except I'm not quite sure which side of this equation I'm actually on. Yeah. And then he had Stanley Kubrick's daughter, Vivian Kubrick, on. And apparently she's a huge Alex Jones fan now and <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't know, like violent art far right memes on Twitter and publicly proclaimed her admiration of Alex Jones when she came on said, I've been listening to Alex Jones for many years. I know how accurate he has been about what's going down on this planet. And also she's wearing a headlight and a GoPro camera on her head and said that enemies of humanity are running the world, the world, and they might be extraterrestrials. And that was like in the first five minutes of the show, which is just, (laughs) it's such a bummer. It (laughs) truly is that like, I don't know, it's, it's getting to everyone, you know? Right. Alex Jones also thinks Stanley Kubrick had psychic powers and that's where he got his movie ideas. Again, just a like wild, just attempt by uh, someone who's not creative to understand the creative process. So he must have been had some someone sending him psychic messages. Like, how did you come up with Dr. Strangelove five years before, <laughs> you know, the the Cuban Missile Crisis or <laughs> a decade before the Cuban Missile Crisis? It's like that. There was it was based on a dramatic novel that had already been singled out by the Pentagon for its accuracy. Like t- repeatedly, he just kept confusing re- like Stanley Kubrick did really careful and intense and broad research for all of his movies. Like the he the other thing, he's like, eyes wide shut, like I've seen mass orgies in my time. By the way, he like dropped that as an aside. He was like, when I was a teenager, I went to some satanic mass orgies and just like <laughs> didn't didn't go further into that. But he took the eyes wide shut orgy as like a sign that he was telling on actual like orgies that Stanley Kubrick had been invited to when in fact it was like this deep historical research into actual you know rituals from the 18th and 19th century like how how those things actually went down also their conspiracy is that eyes wide shut was about like the real illuminati and that like powerful celebrities had 
Kubrick killed because he died right after completing the movie, which is just doesn't really <laughs> hold together as a like why would you he's he'd been working on that since like the sixties. Yeah, they should have right. killed him before. They should have right. killed him before he completed it. Right. I like that they're just like, yeah, just the assassins are like, hold on, let him cook. I want to see what he's doing. Want to see what he's got going? (laughs) They're like, yeah, I'm a big fan. Wait, no, we got to let him finish it. But then, we got to punish him. Yeah, and also, again, yeah, the question of where he got the idea for Eyes Wide Shut could have been solved with Google. Like that's the thing. So many of these kind of long running conspiracy theories and this kind of this comes up in Paul T. Goldman as mm-hmm. well. Like the so many of these things can be solved with Google. Like just a little bit of Google. Not even, you know, prolonged and detailed research, but just a, a little bit to be like, oh, there are these four other explanations that also make sense. Yeah, I mean to what you guys were talking about terms of confirmation bias it's like yeah it's kind of the backwards you decide what the truth is and then you make every bit of information you find line up with it and and kind of willfully ignore anything that contradicts it or adds complexity to it but yeah i mean you see that happening everywhere well and then i did want to you know just follow that story up with a story about why that will be the last time that we ever talk shit about rich people or corporations because now they are suing us yeah (laughs) Uh, not us specifically but they're going after people who like to connect the dots out loud on the influence of money and beto o'rourke or also known as skateboard b uh, is being sued. <laughs> is, he known by, is he known as that? He's no, I just, truly I, I just decided to do that as a Pharrell reference, but we all know, we know he gets down on that skateboard. We saw him get down in that Whataburger yeah. parking lot. Um, but, you know, he's being sued by this natural gas magnate in Texas. Why? Did he do something criminal? Oh, he pointed out the fact that the natty gas pimp gave Governor Greg Abbott $1 million right after the governor signed a bill into law that created a loophole for natural gas operators to be able to opt out of mandated winterization of their infrastructure. Well, what does that even mean? It's not like that could ever harm I anyone. I know. Well, what do you winterization, mean? Winterization. Oh, do I have to wait. put chains on my tires? Texas, Who gives a shit? What could winter be like? How bad could winter in Texas Thank be? Thank you. Did, did anything bad happen a couple of winters ago where properly winterized infrastructure could have prevented the death of hundreds and the yeah, loss of power for millions? Yeah, costs led to the just oh, absolute robbery of people that's trying right. to not die in their homes. There was in 2021. And then Abbott signed a bill like a few months later that made it seem like he was addressing the issue of like the winter storm. And he was like, I want to make it look like I'm advocating for Texans by saying we got it. We actually have to get serious about mandating or like mandating like the proper winterization of infrastructure and like not allowing these operators to to price gouge people. But again, he left a loophole for the natural gas gang. Which is why the tech and the Texas Tribune points to the natural gas operators as, quote, the primary cause of outages during that time. So what the fuck is going on? And what is this distraught man to do for Beto O'Rourke saying things like this guy's influencing the governor or bribing him? Oh, well, so he naturally, just pointed that out. The Greg Abbott thing. He was just like, yeah, hey, he's like Bill was fucked up. Yeah, he's like, look at it. He's like, he's carving out loopholes for his buddy. This guy gave a million dollars. You think this isn't connected? This is directly relates to his business and way of making money. And this is this is the kind of corruption where a guy, you know, like any any person who's like running for office with that sort of set of ideals is going to articulate. Well, his lawyers now are saying like, well, you know what? They said the 
This natural gas tycoon experienced, quote, mental anguish from comments, ads, and social media posts in which O'Rourke's campaign suggested that the money was a reward for Abbott going easy on him. What else? Tell us what else, honey. Let's soothe your wounds. Quote, Beto O'Rourke told millions of his followers that Warren engaged in bribery, corruption, and extortion, and that he profited from the death of his fellow Texans simply because Mr. Warren gave a perfectly legal campaign contribution to the candidate of his choosing, Governor Abbott. When you Mm. look at the comments that his followers put in on his tweets, they believe him. They believe that Mr. Warren is a criminal that is engaged in profit over the lives of Texans. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So your profits, see, the reason is if you spent the fucking money to properly protect your infrastructure and prevent the power outages for people, which wouldn't have led to their deaths. And, and, you know, after you, it seemed the like, fact, after the after the people, that's the wild thing is he's like, this why is not it? like a thing where it was like, ah, hindsight 2020, we would have really addressed that fucker. They are doing this and like paying him a million millions of dollars campaign contribution after they've their fuck up has already led to people dying, has mm-hmm. already led to like a national news like just disaster like something that everybody was talking about and they're like yeah okay so the next thing we need to do is uh is make sure that nothing no consequences are ever felt from this right like i i i don't know i'm I'm looking for some silver lining here (laughs) remember that our perfectly balanced judicial system is it runs on a on a system of precedent Mm-hmm. Now, if we could establish a, a precedent that mental anguish is enough to sue a politician for, mm-hmm. then perhaps, perhaps we're onto something here. Uh, maybe even corporate. I've experienced mental anguish from every overdraft fee that I've ever experienced. Maybe mm-hmm. a little class action suit in that direction is yeah. in order. I've experienced, you know, mental anguish. Uh, and, oh, I, I remember when, you know, when I was in college and I had to get all those loans because, like, we we made tuition and student fees in the California public university system. Why don't I remember that being quite a source of mental anguish? Yeah, right. Maybe the half million students a year that were in school with me in the state of California would like to get together and see if there's a little something we can do to compensate ourselves for what we suffered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, <laughs> but mental anguish. God, if we could start suing people for mental anguish and the I I just think that maybe we're onto something here. The mental anguish. And if the judicial that, system wasn't run by billionaires, right? Know, we, we'd <laughs> Wait, be in business. Hey, you never know. Let's let's open the doors. But again. And like many people are saying, like, obviously, it's a bullshit slap lawsuit and it's, you know, meant to chill the speech of candidates or anyone who's wanting to point out that we live in this fucking oligarchy. So, you know, there's that. And it could be a great blueprint for other, you know, very sensitive earth fuckers who don't want to hear people accurately describe their actions. But, yeah, it's 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 it a little a dystopian 1984 flip the language vibe. Yeah. You told the truth about me. So I'm suing you. It's just interesting. 100 percent. I mean, when you also look at it, too, this guy, like this gas guy, like he's in every, he's he's making sure everybody's paid. You know what I mean? Like Ken Paxton, the the attorney general after the storm, he's like, we got to look into these gas companies, man. What the fuck was that storm about? It looks like they were gouging. The price gouging was out of control. But since then, he's refused to say, like, what's going on with that investigation? And then if you look at the donations, the same guy, Kelsey Warren's given at least two hundred thousand dollars to Paxton throughout his career. So it's like he stays on the good side of him. And then also 
the Texas Railroad Commission, which is the body that oversees like oil and gas and stuff in the state, you know, and like talks about price caps and things like that. He's given like over 390,000 to like Texas Railroad Commission candidates in the last decade. So, you know, I mean, if anything, it's just one of these weird things where you see how it works. But again, they're like, well, you have to prove the intent in court. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was just giving to like, and it's, it's this nebulous language that is allowed to, for them to have a defense. Like, I'm merely participating in the civics, pro the civic process here and just giving money to a preferred candidate without really, you know, but we're not going to actually analyze what that means. Right. And I think that's what this, what this lawsuit could end up uh, boiling down to. Anyway, he's being, uh, Beto O'Rourke is being sued for a million dollars. Yes. I think Beto O'Rourke's just mad. He's not a baller like this guy. You know, yeah, that's and I think that's what this guy was okay. saying. He's like, it's just all these haters. They hate that we're ballers. <laughs> and what's yeah, the problem? Well call this Alpha Zerfit Beta. I, I feel like we're this is the I mean, Chad's are finally stepping up to assert their dominance in court, which it's about time. I can see by the visual <laughs> representation that this is the apex of the white male. This is this is it. This is. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're not getting much I mean, higher. Every, after this. every billionaire looks like flaccid wet sausage. But that's it's just something that happens, <laughs> I guess, when you have that much money. Speaking of flaccid wet sausage, we got we got a fucking flaccid wet sausage all-star. It's coming true. Up in I scrolled down story. to look at this guy's picture and I misunderstood. I, I saw a photo in the document which you so kindly prepare for guests <laughs> there. You've you've included a photograph of a certain gentleman yeah, and I mistook yeah. him for a billionaire because he has billionaire body, yeah. which is about the compliment I could give him, which I think we all recognize is not praise. And he has like <laughs> He has like that vibe, like when you're so privileged, like you still look like a baby because you've never had to live yes. still. Like you still he have looks your like baby. The coach like, you're not surprised to hear the stories about. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. Oh, With his man. haircut, that dodgy haircut. The haircut is Oh, amazing. my God. It, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, mm, I it's, got it's. Who's the owner of the Raiders who has the bowl cut? Yeah, that Al guy Davis? with the, the haircut. Yeah, Wait, not Al Davis. Yeah, Al Davis is. I think it's Al Davis's son, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got that. He's got that really wild edge up. Like he's got a Caesar with bangs. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Caesar with bangs. <laughs> like real, <laughs> real aggressive. Real aggressive. Bring it all to the up. front. I, yeah, I guarantee he wasn't like give me an edge up, but yeah. Nah. Yeah, the the person I'm talking about is Mark Davis, Al Davis's son. So worth looking at him and the gentleman we're about to talk to when we come back. Not talk to, talk about. <laughs> no, we got him. We got him. We got He's him on the, Got him on the horn. Love your worldview, man. We've got to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And I did confirm during the break, there is no confirmed new Outcast album, just rumors. So, yeah. Anyone just else rumors, who just was rumors. Googling or about to Google, uh, I'm old. I don't, I can't tell the difference between when Miles is joking and not anymore. <laughs> but let's I'm, talk Oscar. Look, like noms. I said, I'm a great liar, like George Santos, breathlessly yeah. will say things like Outcast no, you, has a new album. Yeah, but he's a bad liar. That's the amazing thing is that he's a bad liar. God, God Republicans come all you my need bills, to do y'all. is lie what, how the Republicans I'll be like, want you to. Exactly. Let me tell you about the scourge of biracial people. There Who goes. better would know except for me, a, mis- <laughs> a, a misfortunate biracial person? I wish I could change things if I could, y'all. But yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, luckily, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. So we're so we're saying Santos is. Probably not up for an Oscar. You know what? We should we should just no. fucking ask him. I bet he's got a supporting role in something. Yeah. yeah. He's probably going to yeah, claim he sure. was Jamie Lee Curtis, actually, in Everything Everywhere All at Once. One of yeah. his performances, at least, was inspired by he's like, him. Yeah. And just like, he's like, you know, the hot dog, fi- those sausage fingers, those mm-hmm. long-ass fingers? That was me. Yeah. Yeah. I gave that to Daniel. Or the other <laughs> I forget which Daniel it was, but I told Daniel. But I think just generally, as we talked about before, like the direction that America wants to move, like the that like the mainstream American culture, like you can tell a stupid lie 
in the direction of like right wing fascism and like right wing fascist talking points and it's going to work for you, you can throw a coup that tries to overthrow the government and they will bury that shit. If that had been a coup, the the business plot in the early 30s, if that had been a coup like to try and do a communist overthrow of the U.S. government that got as far as it did, that like we w- the heads of the plotters would still be on pikes like in every U.S. city and their family members like that. They would Ooh. still there would be museums to that shit. Yeah, there'd be country songs about it and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Oscar noms. Best picture. So it's, it's a fun category. We yeah. got we got some hits. We got Avatar, The Way of Water, Banshees of Inishirin, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. The the German film that came mm. out on Netflix. Shout out to my middle school teacher who made me read that book. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic of middle school teachers. Shout out to Spark Notes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to live in it for a second. Yeah. yeah. Elves, which I think is part of the Santa Claus universe. No, I think that's Elvis. Oh, Elvis. Yeah. I, or, oh, no, uh, Elvis. My brain, my brain is refusing to acknowledge that Elvis yeah. is in the best picture category, but all right, man, we're in the year of maximalism. It's on yeah. the list right there next to everything, everywhere, all at once, which deserves to be there. The Fablemans, which I haven't seen, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, which I need to see still. That's like kind of the one on this list that I'm, I'm like excited to see. And Women Talking. That one seems fucking so, heavy. Too. Which is the title of a film. That's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. some random thing Jack said. Yeah. No. Dude, that... Have you heard about that film? That one? I mean, I, I really women, see women it. talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I want to see that one too for sure. Such a that's like, Sarah Polly. Yeah, exactly. Or Sarah Paulson. No, Sarah Polly. No, Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Anyways, there's some snubs. The best director category is all dudes. Right. You couldn't even get Sarah Polly in there. Like you're bothering to nominate women talking for best picture, but then you mm-hmm. can't even like and. You know, might be one of the best directors, too, that made one of the best pictures. Wow. Yeah. They were like, women directing, that's too far. You yeah, know? women talking will allow it. That's right. That right. Yeah. With the Women King, which was pretty dope, kind of got yeah. shut out. Like, there's, it, it didn't get nominated for best picture, didn't get nominated for director. Viola Davis was viewed as a front runner for a nomination for the Woman King and just mm-hmm. got snubbed. So that that one's pretty frustrating let me ask a question though because you guys are way more plugged in to this sort of stuff than i am who the fuck is oscar like i i, I know there's the they academy awards looked, they said supposed- uh, it re- it look it, i think the old myth is that it resembled someone's uncle named oscar and that's how that that name got like put onto the statuette I mean, yeah. I trust you, but this sounds like some Santos level stuff. Oh, like, look uh, it up. Look it up. <laughs> no, know. I believe you. I believe you. Uh, but I just like the Academy Awards. Can we say I, I knew we were going to talk about this. There's a lot of great film out there, but it, it feels kind of rigged. Dare I say, like, I'm not plugged in. They're not I'm not in the Producers Guild of America or whatever. I'm not getting anybody checking in on what I think about a film's merit. But like, how can you? Hey, hey, but they do ask us about the iHeart Podcast Awards now. (laughs) They do. They do. do. We are. We are involved in some award giving that's all internal. Yes. Yeah, we're kind of big. But but the thing is, like, is the Academy Award process 
Is it something that is it you guys would say is is fair? Or is it something that's more like changing in the wind of opinion? I, I just don't know. I'm clueless on this. I think more than, I think the one consistent thing that I remember Jack saying early on was like, like include movies that do well. Like stop looking at it through this narrow lens of like cinema because now like this is like the first year that we're like, oh, look at all these blockbusters that are like, yeah. fully a, like part of it. But I mean, on some level, all of these things are easy to influence because for the longest time, the criticism was levied against the Oscars that they're just copying the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes nominations would come out before the Oscars and it was informing mm. how those nominations worked. And then, like, they were starting to be like, we're actually going to announce our nominees before the Golden Globes, like, months out. And people were like, what? Just to prove you, like, that's not going hand in hand. But I think on some level, there's like a, I guess there's like an internal momentum that get, brings people to say, you know, like, that, like how they're voting. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an industry that's like, like rife with parties, fucking gift bags. Like, you know, there's just shit like this all the time to you know, create goodwill for a film. Yeah. It's an industry award show. You know, it's like industry insiders rewarding one another. There's like a weird thing this year. Like, I, I think a lot of people are calling out this movie to Leslie and like it got, there was this big groundswell on social media of people supporting the lead actress in this movie to Leslie and it was like Gwyneth Paltrow hosted a screening of the film and like it made $27,000 at the box office. So like nobody saw it, but like all these celebrities suddenly like were on board and like pushing this. And I know some, I know a good friend of mine who is invested in like best actress, the best actress race, like not, not professionally, but just like cares about that stuff. It was like, yeah, she's actually like great. Like it, you know, it, it makes sense that she was nominated, but it does feel kind of suspicious. Like there, there's some skepticism that a bunch of celebrities all just decided to start supporting the, their friend and that it wasn't like some sort of push from an agency or, you know, some, you know, some agent or like behind the scenes machination because they want to cast this actress and something in the future or like somebody is tied to her career in some way that makes it beneficial for that to happen. But, you know, yeah, I, th I think there's always interesting stories behind the scenes that don't come out, come out for years on. I will say, I, I always say that they should be nominating movies from five years ago. And I do think the they completely left nope out of any of the major categories. I think yeah, that's going to be... what's going on with that? Nope was amazing. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of those things where that's one of the movies we remember from this year and that people still talk about and, like, it's still a Halloween costume, like, years from now and, you know, it's... But the Oscars miss it because they always miss. Because all these people who are signed to CAA decided to sing the same from the same hymnal suddenly and be like, Hey man, you hear about this Andrea rise, bro. Oh, she's the next right. thing. You hear about this Tobias Bluth. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like an arrested <laughs> development is going around being like, Hey, you hear about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds but, a little bit like a conspiracy. I know it's, it's kind of on the nose for me to say stuff like that. I mean, yeah. but there's, I mean, look at just even like the celebrity crypto thing. There's such a sordid <laughs> web of connections with all that fucking NFT garbage that happened. And like, you're like, man, it looks like the connective tissue seems to be Reese Witherspoon's husband. Right. But 
you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? RRR, I think, also is a movie that people... I, I, my, my theory on that one is that they didn't nominate it because they, they, were, afraid, they were jealous of how much of a movie it was. So they were just like, no, we can't, can't have people seeing that. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see five years from now what, what holds up. Uh, I do want to talk real quickly about the Razzies oh, because good. that continues to be like a major headline. Like yeah. that this year they nominated movies like Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe biopic, which mm-hmm. also Ana de Armas got nominated in Best Actress category for that. Also Morbius, yeah. which, you know, was a bit that people liked to do it was a it was meme it was fun meme for a little mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. they also nominated a fucking 12 year old yeah that was fucking that's what what a that's fucking that's not cool misstep you know well, like it's it's you, you you're supposed to do it like adults you know yeah. what i mean like go after the fucking adults on their own i'm like oh, this 12 year old was shit like who is that for is wow. it it's just for that like reddit forum where people like hate children because you do ask, like, well, what what was the institutional like intent behind ridiculing a twelve year old's performance? Right. And first of all, they've been doing this for years. Like, oh. they've they nominated Brooke Shields when she was thirteen, Macaulay Culkin like three times, Jake Lloyd from Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. He was who eight. Was, he was eight at the time, wow. and later re- later revealed that like bullying. That's traumatic. That's that's bullying. Yeah, there's not yeah. really another word for it. You know, the Razzies are complete garbage for a number of reasons. Uh, they published transphobic jokes. They repeatedly referred to Transformers: Age of Extinction as trannies number four, like that. So that was like recently, and Jesus. they thought that was like funny and worth putting putting out there in a national. <laughs> Like a story that they knew hey, was going to get national attention, but at least they do the thing the academy won't do, which is nominate more black people yeah, for that's worst true. actor of the year. What the yes. fuck is that? Like, yeah, <laughs> they've given saying? at least fourteen acting Razzies to black actors, where in the same time, thirteen black actors have revealed received Oscars for their work in in the same time. So that's cool. They seem to really have it out for black actors, which is cool. I mean, it, it like when you look at it all, like the hatred of like a, a boy who was Anakin Skywalker, like racism. You're like, oh, this really is. It's like the internet found a way to give awards, basically. Well, like, so that's worst. exactly what it is. So you 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 sit back, you're like, all right, what is this like Bizarro Academy of racist creeps? And it turns out it's anybody <laughs> like to vote on the Razzies. You just have to pay for an annual membership online, which starts as low as forty dollars. Oh my god! And you can wow. also pay five hundred dollars, and then I'll uh, like try and rope in twenty five friends into like joining your voting it's membership a, it's a Wait, what do you mean? thing yeah How, yeah and then they pay and then they find 25 <laughs> friends well i'm assuming you're paying for them at least on that first one right 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 but then wow. yeah they become your downstream and they're ne- the next year they're like hey really uh the razzies are wondering if you're gonna re-up with me mm-hmm. to be part of my razzies team uh we're actually having a get together at my place a little later on i thought of you because you hate kids and black people so this <laughs> exactly. is perfect yeah <laughs> it's like wh- where do they get their screeners like someone's oh, like, server where they just miles, fucking watch like screeners janky- there's uh-huh. 
it says specifically in the bylaws, there is no requirement to have seen the movie first. Yes! Wow. Yes! A time to be yes. alive. Yes. We win. We win. <laughs> we win. <laughs> Holy shit. There's no... <laughs> Really the whole thing started out as a joke by one publicist and his friends during an Oscar party, which, by the way, if you know any publicists, woof. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> where, where the, people the who... sort of hellish origin story I would expect from this. But then it got picked up by CNN and eventually spread around. And for some reason, these publications still give this shit oxygen when it clearly just needs to be killed. But... Like, like for 40 the, bucks a year, though, Jack, what do you want me to do? What's that? You know, how much fucking revenue are they? Like, that's the thing. Like, they're like, man, we got a cash cow of fucking Internet. Acorn. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's the perfect award for our time. It's so aggressively stupid and like just zero thought put into it. And yeah, that's about right. It's about right. I like how they the founder Maureen Murphy said that they're like, you know, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have nominated Shelley Duvall if we knew how hard she had it on the set of The Shining. And everything. They nominated Shelley Duvall for yeah. her performance in The Shining. Yeah. Like one of the great performances. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, you're dumb as shit. But like you're like if you you know, the fact the fact that they recognized her performance is better than the Academy Awards, I guess. I guess. <laughs> you know? For the absolute worst reasons. Yeah. So wait, what we're saying then is that we could, you guys and our producers and me and all of us listening at home, we could fucking hack the Razzies, right? For money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. That's the way they do it. I mean, it's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you can try and change some shit. We get 40 bucks every time. I think the most efficient one is to buy five, the 500 one, because that's 25 votes. And the math works out better than buying 25 $40 memberships. So you would have to like do a GoFundMe or something and then just really Mm. drive towards some voting that. And now someone who is in the, the, midst of all this chaotic terrible stuff in the real world in 2023 is like i'm gonna slide my 500 there you know like (laughs) it's very important to me that starvation climate change famine aside yeah i got some opinions hold on i'm looking at this oh wow this art teacher would like new supplies for their classroom fuck that (laughs) fuck that we're putting avatar on the board (laughs) also babylon appeared nowhere on the razzies so i i think they made a mistake they know better than to touch police academy i hope that's a great point i bet i wonder if any police academies were nominated for a razzie i feel like that's the sort of thing they would go after no right because they would be jealous that somebody else like wrote those jokes because like those are the sorts of jokes that they seem to prefer (laughs) oh interesting i a part of me just thinks like nah that's sacred material man don't talk ill about police academy Mm. you know what i mean razzie's got big for their britches gentlemen police academy four got called out, <laughs> ah. which is a shame because it's clearly the culmination of the franchise. Is that Miami yeah. Beach? Look, I'm not a doctor of police academy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, that's Citizens on Patrol. Citizens on Patrol yeah. with the hot air balloon on the VHS cover. Yes, sir. I, back when, I believe back when we had those ag- cartoonish 
film covers. When, when can we go back to that? I know the House Party reboot did it, and I was like, I'd like to see that. Mm. That style come back. Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach, the rare two colon, double colon movie title. Police oh, Academy right. colon five. five. <laughs> Assignment colon. colon Miami Beach. We need the audience to know what they're getting into, yes. guys. Right. Say the yes. producers, right? All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get, but with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.